0: Welcome to episode number 19, number 19 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 19, season number three. We are here. I can assure you in my travels, it's not always peaches and cream, man. Driving on 17, which is essentially Roosevelt Boulevard, getting on I-10 and then up over the bridge on 95. I love Jacksonville. Not a big fan of all the drivers. Um. You got a green light people slow down for the green light sometimes uh when they stop with the red light the green light comes on and they're a little slow and getting started so driving around town and i love hey i love my city when i drive over a bridge i say man i love this place and i have to admit to you i do that some people maybe maybe other people do that but i love this place duval jacksonville florida that you know i live in and a lot of the players live in Jacksonville, Ponte Vedra, this northeast Florida area, you know, that we call home. You know, but again, it's not all peaches and cream. You got the drivers out there. The problem is, you know, way back in, I guess, the 1980s when I, you know, I got into radio uh, here in Jacksonville. did a, I did a sports talk show around, what, 1981. And I was still going to school then at the time. But I'll, I'll tell you what's what, what's really funny. Back then, the traffic was still pretty bad at times. But the drivers were terrible. That's really one of the only bad things about the town. The drivers are terrible. And now, several, 30 years later or more, there's just more of them. <laughs> there's just more of them. I will say this about my, my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. It's a very welcoming community. So, you know, and especially with the, the naval bases that are here. You got people that, you know, migrate in from all over the country. Um, transplants, snowbirds, you're all welcome to this one big melting pot. We call Duval, right? Duval. Well, in my travels, um, you know, I enjoy going to the park, restaurants, um, talking about the Jaguars. Man, I love barbecue. Love talking football. Um watching football, eating barbecue. I enjoy um, a lot of other great food too, uh, pizza, nachos. So, you know, and this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to talk about the Jaguars. I do have a Jaguar story about some of my travels and things I, I do and like to do. So I'm driving down a main drag right, right here in Jacksonville, Florida. And it's not a special drag that I've never been on. It's a you know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna out the road or anything at this point. That's probably not a good thing to do. But I will say it's a main drag that I have um, gone down almost every day. Almost, you know, every day when I've worked in Jacksonville, when I've lived here, um, when I moved back here, I moved back to Jacksonville. I guess it's been almost 11 years now since I moved from. Uh, I was living up near the Alabama-Georgia border at one time for several years. Then moved back to my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida about 11 years ago. So I'm driving down this main drag. I had just had, man, some of the most outstanding uh, soup. And I had some type of um, sandwich. I think it was turkey and ham or something else. But I think I was, I better not say where I was so you'll know exactly where (laughs) I was. where i was because we're just not gonna i will say i was uh on this side of the bridge how about that that's all i'm gonna say we don't want to give out too many clues uh we might give a we might give out a last name or two though uh i want to say hello to my producers alex nunnery (laughs) and also jc this is the teal shirt report podcast episode show number 19 um I think I think on the last episode, we'll talk more about this, but I had my you know my favorite number 18s. I, I don't think I mentioned Peyton Manning. He was a big-time number 18, wasn't he, besides Roman Gabriel. But now this is episode number 19, and I'm pretty sure that was – and I'll look it up. I'll double-check it. I believe that was Johnny Unitas' number with the Colts years and years ago. We'll find some other 19s too. But, again, I was driving down this main drag – in Jacksonville, Florida, within the confines of Duval, and mind you, I travel this road almost really instinctively every day. And I'm coming back from a restaurant. I had a great soup sandwich, had plenty to eat, had coffee, so I'm in a good mood. And I'm traveling, I'm traveling and driving down this uh, main road, and I'm driving down this main road, and all of a sudden, I'm getting closer to the park. One of really one of my favorite parks am i going to say which one but one of my favorite parks the rivers near there i will say that well the rivers everywhere in jacksonville right so i'm driving down this main drag all of a sudden i'm kind of looking to the left on the sidewalk and i said man that looks like trent balky the general manager of the jaguars and i said it is so i said man i got to meet this guy i've never met trent balky and so I, I, you know, I, I pulled into the plaza where I normally pull into. I do a lot of walking around this area too, like around the park. So I said maybe I can have a chance meeting and say hello, introduce myself to Trent Balky. So I'm, 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 you know, I get out of the car and I'm, I'm walking and, and uh, I can't remember if I had my teal shirt on or not. Sometimes that's a giveaway for me if I'm wearing the teal shirt. I've, I've got it on right now. So I, I went for a walk. I knew Trent walked. he was going to probably be coming my way. He was jogging in the area. Um, I didn't get a chance to meet Trent. I just wasn't quick enough. I mean, Trent was, uh, he had a good speed jog going. It looks like he's in pretty good shape. So I said, well, maybe there's a chance I can meet Trent, you know, along his jog. And so I, I started walking. Um, and I don't know if Trent spotted me. I was just going to introduce myself, tell him who I was. And I wish him well, and wish him well in the upcoming draft on April the 28th, April the 29th, and April the 30th. The Jags, Trent Baalke, and Doug Peterson—they need good vibes, right? Good vibes going into this humongous. This is a huge NFL draft for the Jaguars because they got a lot of draft picks, a tremendous amount of draft picks. They got a high first-round pick, high second-round pick. I believe two third-round picks. Uh, they got picks throughout the draft. I think they got four picks in the sixth round. They got drafts. They've got draft selections galore coming up in this NFL 2020 draft that uh, is going to take place in just a few days from now. It's coming right up uh, this week, really, April 28th, April 29th, and April 30th. So I see Trent Balky, and I say, you know, I um, would like to say hello to him and introduce myself to him. So. Trent's jogging and I kind of spot him and all of a sudden he's like at the corner and man, he, he runs into a sprint. I just said, no, there's no way I'm catching him. <laughs> he like took off. It was like a, he got to the corner, you know, it's right. I will say this right near the river. Trent Balky was wearing a t-shirt with, I'm talking about a big Jaguar on it with, you know, the new logo uh, that, uh, I'm trying to think how many years ago this logo was created. And I'm thinking the logo, what was the new um, younger, wilder, scrappier looking Jaguar, you know, the logo that, that the Jaguars wear now. So he had one of these big logos on his T-shirt and he's jogging pretty good. Trent looks like he's in great shape. And I said, well, I may introduce myself to Trent. I'm right, you know, right, you know, not that far from him. And all of a sudden, he gets down to the corner. Man, he makes a he makes a left turn and sprints, like toward the river. So, I, you know, I said, no, nah, I'll catch him another time. <laughs> but I wanted to tell this uh, story. I was hopeful of meeting the one and the only Jaguars, Trent Blanc. He's a general manager of the Jaguars. Now, I know he's got a lot on his mind. So, I wanted to share that story with you. I thought it was very interesting. We're going to talk about the draft. This episode and show number 19 of the uh, Jaguars, the Jaguars, uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. There's a fun story. I mean, I recognized Trent right off the bat. I said, That's got to be him. That is him. And then I pulled into, I, I was pulling into the normal parking lot I was planning to pull into anyway. And I normally, park and go for a little walk uh, near the park area. I said, well, you know, I I'll inter- I think that's Trent. I'm, I'm, I'm like 98.9% sure that's Trent Balky. He was Trent Balky. And I, later on, I thought about it. I said, well, no, he's not jogging from the stadium. That was, you know, this was probably, this was a good, I'm going to say six to eight miles from the stadium. So I know he's not going to jog six, eight miles from the stadium. So uh, I'm always in this area, so there's a good chance I may run into Trent Balky. So I want to keep all this on the positive and the up and up. I don't know if Trent saw me or what. Maybe he knew, oh, that's that guy with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So I don't know if he, he recognized me or not. I don't know if he saw me, but I saw him and uh, would love to meet Trent sometime. Just want to introduce myself to him. I, the main thing I want to do is I want to push a lot of good vibes General Manager Trent Baalke, the new head coach Doug Peterson, because if you're a Jaguars fan at this point, this draft is like paramount. I mean, and I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, and I've thought about it about it. And there was a press conference. I'm going to watch the press conference again in between segments. Um, I, I did see enough of the press conference. I haven't seen it all, but I saw enough of the press conference where. I believe Trent balky and, and coach Doug Peterson are kind of down to the kind of down to what four players that could go. Number one, you know, as long as the Jaguars don't get an incredible offer and trade the pick in the number one selection. It looks like about, you know, one of four different players. It's going to be either an offensive lineman. It could be Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, I hope they don't. Pick, I it just this is just my opinion. There's a lot of people, there's a fan base. Some of the, the, the people with sports, right? here with the blowtorch, you know, want not all of them, but but want Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end. I'm going to tell you, the edge pass rusher for Michigan is not going to protect our quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, with the Jaguars. I want an offensive lineman there. I, I'm still gonna stand by offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver, linebacker. Let's face it, there's people that are saying, hey, the Jags need to get a wide receiver. I'm I'm not sure they do. I mean, they've spent they're spending millions of dollars in free agency um, for Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. They've already got Marvin Jones Jr. in place. And as long as they don't trade LaVisca Chenault, they got him too. So they got plenty of wide receivers. I still see the Jaguars drafting a wide receiver, but I think it's going to be, I think the earliest the Jags draft a wide receiver is going to be probably late third round, fourth round, fifth round, somewhere in there. Um, They might draft a wide receiver before the linebacker, but they're going to need a linebacker uh, with perhaps either the uh, late third round or fourth round pick because the Jags do have two third round picks. So I'm thinking uh, O-line, D-line, O-line, then probably a wide receiver or a linebacker. The wide receiver could come first, then the linebacker, the linebacker, and the wide receiver. I kind of like O-line, D-line, O-line, wide receiver, linebacker, safety, et cetera. And you got about four six-round picks. I can see the Jags trading a couple of those six-round picks to perhaps move up a, you know, an inch or two, a, a pick or two or three. And we'll talk more of the draft coming up. I thought I'd share my my general manager Trent Bonkey story with you. I, I looked Trent up on his Wikipedia. Man, he's got loads of experience in the NFL uh, with many different teams. As you know, he was a former general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. So so since we had almost a chance meeting with general manager Trent Bonkey, we're gonna kind of review the general manager, talk about the draft, and much, much more coming up. As you are listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor.fm continues to astound me. I mean, they're 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 giving us more creation tools, more enhancements, more improvements with Anchor.fm. Essentially, they're anchored by Spotify. I think Spotify may have bought Anchor about the time we started the podcast back in... Uh, Mid January of 2020. So we enjoy being on Anchor and the podcast kind of spreads out uh, from Anchor to other platforms. Uh, our podcast is on our website as well. So check us out the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You can find us on our website at BigJReport.com. I want to thank our sponsors Anchor.fm. Saucer Realty, Saucer Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. See Larry Saucer and his staff at Saucer Realty and Capital for um, home, residential, business, um, commercial real estate needs. uh, Whether you're in Gainesville, Jacksonville, Live Oak, Lake City, or somewhere in between, or even a little south of that area, Saucer Realty and Capital, Larry Saucer and his staff doing you know, great real estate deals. LakeUfalleHits.com, great internet radio, where it's all good sponsoring our podcast. That's uh, LakeUfalleHits.com, great internet radio, Rock Saturdays. That's, that's that's a great day, Rock Saturdays at com. They also have hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. And of course, uh, recognizable hits throughout the daytime, Monday through Friday. And let me tell you, late at night, Deep tracks, album cuts, and unique songs to flavor it up. Flavor it up at lakeupallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. And don't you dare forget about the Mad Max mix. I enjoy the show, man. Whether Max is playing a request by Steely Dan for me or the Atlanta rhythm section or whatever I might be in the mood for, Max has played uh, John Lennon, Gary Wright, um, it's a lot of rock classics, pop songs with a story, with a story with almost every song or artist or singer that Max plays. So check out the Mad Max Mix Wednesday night. It's the Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max, the Mad madmaxmix.weebly.com. However, you go to bigjreport.com and uh, scroll our website in the Neighbors 2 area also in the Outside the Box section, and you'll find links to check out the com. That's the Mad Max Mix. It's the Internet Radio Wednesday Night Music Request Show from 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time. And Max is listened to all over the Southeast, all over the country. You know, he's had listeners and calls from Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and surrounding areas. That's the Mad Max Mix. One of our good sponsors, of uh, the BigJReport.com and the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So we, we, uh, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsors um, uh, here at the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to to, to do a podcast, make a podcast, etc. cetera. Great creation tools with Anchor.fm. Social reality and Capital. lakeupalahits.com, Great internet radio where it's all good. And, of course, the Mad Max Mix. Mark it on your calendar. The Internet Radio Wednesday night, Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max Mix. uh, With Mad Max, I should say. The guy's name is Mad Max. He's also a Georgia Bulldog football insider. He does the Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show. The, The Wednesday night, I should say the Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show. With Mad Max. It is called the Mad Max Mix. It's a tongue twister. The Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. Check Max's show out. Great music. You know, if you like rock, uh, classic rock, pop songs. I mean, a lot of different styles of pop songs that Max plays too. Uh, he's got, you know, like I said, he has got plays Gary Wright, John Lennon, um, many, many other groups. And, uh, Singers uh, that Max, you know, likes to play on his show. And he's got a story for almost every song. And I usually request an ARS song or, you know, Steely Dan or, or um, you know, I think uh, Max has played uh, John Lennon for me, Watching the Wheels. So a lot of good requests. And you can get your request in, too, at Mad Max's show. The madmaxmix.weebly.com or simply go simply go to uh, our website at BigJReport.com uh, scroll the website in the Neighbors 2 area you'll find the link um, you'll find the link for the website or I should say you'll find the link for the uh, on the website you'll find the link for Mad Max's show that's what I'm trying to say the Mad Max Mix dot Weebly dot com. so a special thank you to our you know our listeners on the Teal Shirt Report podcast all of you that listen want to thank our Sponsors, you know, we got to, I tell you what, uh, Hits.com, great legitimate sponsor. And, and uh, we enjoy listening to com, great internet radio where it's all good. The MadMaxMix.Weebly.com, uh, two kind of separate entities, I, I, I will tell you that, but we all kind of, we're all kind of working together, right? And of course, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast today, episode show number 19, like I said, I was kind of promoting this uh, podcast episode, and I was kind of promoting it as, as I, I saw General Manager Trent Baalke, and I did see him. Guy's staying in pretty good shape, man. He was jogging fast, and I, you know, I thought I was going to meet the guy, and all of a sudden, he did kind of a exit stage left, ran fast, and uh, it was his time to jog, so I'm not going to run after Trent Baalke looked like he was moving better, better than I was moving, but uh, I did spot him in a certain area and it's the area that I'm always in. So hopefully there'll be a chance meeting with uh, uh, Jaguars general manager, Trent Baalke. I know he's very, very busy at this moment uh, putting together uh, the draft and this draft is key for the Jaguars. It is also key for general manager, Trent Baalke's career for the Jacksonville Jaguars fans coach Doug Peterson, because, you know, like Bill Parcells said, you know, uh, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson are going to, you know, go down the aisle and pick out the groceries at the NFL draft um, April of 2022. Doug Peterson's got to coach them. So there's a collective and uh, collaborative effort. They got to collaborate they got to work as a, you know, as a collective group. Uh, they've got a big scouting department with the Jaguars as you know, basically all the NFL teams do. So there's a lot of meetings. I did, you know, I did see enough of the press conference of Balky, Trent Balky and general manager, Trent Balky and, or Mr. Trent Balky. And, uh, coach Peter Peterson to say, Hey, I saw enough of the, I saw enough of the press conference to know that they've got plenty of meetings. Uh, General Manager Trent Baalke says uh, they're not in a rush to make the decision for who the number one pick is. I think General Manager Trent Balky, in a way, still has the door open to be in business. If another team wants to call uh, General Manager Trent Balky on draft day and sa- says, hey, we'll give you a king's ransom for that number one pick, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. Or there could be trades you know, later in the first round or even in the second round. So we'll see what happens. But you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've always got something going on over here. I'm hoping my pick is Evan Neal in the first round because I believe he can play left guard the first year. And then whenever Cam Robinson perhaps gets injured, his neck bothers him in pregame warmups or his back is bothering me. I mean, he he actually uh, got scratched from playing, I believe, in as many as two games last year during pregame warmups. But you got to keep in mind that, you know, as you know, left tackle Cam Robinson, who some even former offensive line said he was probably the best offensive line player the Jaguars had last year. Brandon Linder now has retired. Left guard Andrew Norwell is signed with the Washington football team or the commanders or whatever they're calling that team now. So you got a couple of holes on the offensive line. I also think that this is probably the best opportunity for the Jaguars to build a very strong and perhaps even a good and even very good offensive line with this particular draft. The Jaguars signed right guard Brandon Sheriff. And pre-agency, I think he's penciled in at right guard. You know, some offensive linemen, they're kind of interchangeable, versatile. Some can play guard and tackle. Some can even move over and play center. I think Brandon Sheriff is kind of penciled in at right guard. So you're going to need a left guard. And I think when you have a guy like Evan Neal, who's already stated, I I believe I heard that Evan Neal said, hey, I'll play guard or tackle. I think Evan Neal at this point would, would love just to be the number one overall draft pick. By the Jacksonville Jaguars, he can play alongside Cam Robinson. If after a year Cam Robinson uh, leaves the Jaguars after after this year, because uh, he's he's essentially just signed for one year with the franchise tag. So if Cam Robinson leaves the Jaguars, goes to another team after this year, you know, then basically your left guard Evan Neal can just slide down and play left tackle. So I think I think Evan Neal is a pick for this year and the future. I think that's what makes him really a good pick. I think a defensive lineman in the second round would be great. We're going to, you know, study some of the players. I don't normally do a mock draft. Maybe I'll list some guys I'd like to have and do a Jaguars mock draft over, over this weekend. So we'll take a look at all this. I appreciate you tuning in. Episode show number 19 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we're going to be back with more. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Also by Saucer Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida, Saucer Realty and Capital. com, great internet radio where it's all good. And the Mad Max Mix, the Mad Max Mix, man, the internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. Uh, You'll find the links on our website at bigjreport.com. That's bigjreport.com. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. And we're going to give you, honestly, we're going to give you what is really going on. My feelings, what I think is going to happen. It's a hypothesis on who we think the Jags are going to pick. But keep in mind, the Jags can't really play their entire hand because there's 31 other teams that they might trade with. Some of those teams are obviously interested in some of the same players that the Jaguars front office is interested in too. So we'll talk more about the draft coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. The Jacksonville Icemen have won their first two playoff games. The second game was in overtime. They beat the Atlanta Gladiators. uh, Two straight games to go up two games to none in that, first-round East Coast Hockey League uh, playoff series. We'll talk more about the Icemen. The National Arena League is opening uh, this weekend, and we'll have North Florida Entertainment and much, much more as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Please stay tuned. My name is Scott. I'm your humble host. You know, our producers, Alex Nunnery and JC, do an outstanding job. We appreciate all, all of their help as well. We'll be right back. More of the Teal Shirt Report Podcast is coming up. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. This is episode show number 19, season number three, the Teal Shirt Report uh, Podcast. I did want to give... Someone is due who we failed to mention last week in, in, in episode, episode show number 18. Um, On our last episode, I might have said last week or our last episode, episode show number 18. You know, I talked about Roman Gabriel, uh, played with the LA Rams early in the 70s. Um, I guess got traded or moved to the Philadelphia Eagles toward the mid-70s but i really liked him he was one of my favorite quarterbacks when i first started watching the nfl in the early very early 1970s right around 1970 although he played some in the 60s before i started watching the nfl i think the first year i started watching the nfl was essentially 1970 first super bowl i saw was uh, lynn dawson in kansas city with uh, their wide receiver otis taylor Jan Stennerud kicking all the field goals. Kansas City defeated Minnesota. I think that score was 23-7 to 7 in which um, the Chiefs beat uh, Joe Camp and the Vikings. And uh, that would have been – well, I have to look that up. But it, it's probably either – I think that's a 1970 Super Bowl. May have been the nineteen. 69 season, but the 1970 Super Bowl, I believe. But well, that's essentially when I started watching football. That's the first Super Bowl I remember was Kansas City defeating Minnesota. Whether it was 70 or 71, it was right in the early 70s. Uh, we talked about uh, Peyton Manning, um, who we omitted mentioning from our famous number 18s. Peyton Manning did wear number 18 when he played for. Uh, the Colts and, uh, played for, and again, you know, being a Florida Gator fan and a Jaguars fan, I'm, I'm not too hep on the Colts. So I, I think a lot of the, the Gator fans and the Jaguars fans probably started to, um, loosen up on Peyton Manning when he became a member of the Denver Broncos. Right. Eddie, he won a Super Bowl. He went into Denver, played for Denver after Tebow. He um, had left Denver and went to the Jets. So, so Peyton Manning is certainly a famous 18, and we omitted that um, last week, of course. I want to say, now we did mention uh, you know, Archie Manning wore um, number 18 at Ole Miss. And um, I believe we mentioned Archie on our last episode, episode show number 18. So we mentioned Archie as number 18. We mentioned Roman Gabriel as number 18. And I just wanted to give, um, again, I just wanted to give uh, Peyton Manning his due because he did wear number 18. And. So we, we, we missed Peyton on the last episode, so let's go ahead and mention Peyton on this episode for last episode. Now, when we talk about number 19, I've already looked up the numbers. Um, the famous 19s would include probably the most famous one is Johnny Unitas. Uh, Joe Montana wore number 19 in the last year or two of his career when he played with the Kansas City Chiefs. He wore number 19, but originally Joe Montana was number 16, all those years he played with the San Francisco 49ers. So the famous 19s, the most famous one is has got to be Johnny Unitas. Uh, Joe Montana wore 19 very late in his career the last year or two when he played a year or two with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Adam Thielen with the Minnesota Vikings, a wide receiver, wears number 19. And, man, they were a pretty good um, – and a pretty good duo, uh, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. When uh, Diggs was with uh, Minnesota, now Diggs has moved on to Buffalo and is their top receiver uh, with Josh Allen, the quarterback, with Buffalo. But so when we take a look at nineteens, it's got to be Johnny Unitas, number one. Uh, you know, you could say you could say Joe Montana is number two, but he only wore nineteen like his in his last hurrah when he played a year or two uh, with Kansas City at the very tail end of his career. Um, so Johnny Unitas is the most famous number 19 of them all. I, I would, I think most people uh, would agree with that. So here we are, episode show number 19, uh, talking about it on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're talking about Trent Baalke, the, um, the GM of the, oh, by the way, Chipper Jones celebrating his 50th birthday uh, this weekend. Chipper turning 50, it's got to make a lot of people feel a little bit older because I remember when Chipper Jones was a rookie uh, with the Atlanta Braves. I remember buying a Chipper Jones rookie card and giving it to my, my youngest brother back when Chipper Jones was a rookie. It would have been around 1993 or 1995. Um, You know, I know there was a year that Chipper was injured most of the season, too. It looks like he was with the Atlanta Braves as a player beginning in 1993. Uh, He was an all-star in 1995. From 1995 to 1998, he was a World Series champion in 1995. And I think that might have been officially his rookie season. I know he was, um, played in the minor leagues for a brief time, uh, with the Atlanta Braves had an injury in, uh, the first year he was going to play with the Braves had an injury, you know, early, very early in the season, or maybe even it was spring training. Um, so we'll say this. I don't, I have no idea where the rookie card is the Chipper Jones rookie card, you know, that I bought from my, my youngest brother. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about it. uh, <laughs> so I do remember buying the Chipper Jones uh, rookie card uh, back around probably 94 that might have been the year he got hurt I either bought it in 94 or 95 probably and that's about the year the Jaguars were getting ready to start playing football. Jaguars got the um, the franchise they were awarded the franchise they were born as a franchise in 1993 and then they started playing in 1995. This is, after all, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We were talking about uh, GM Trent Baalke a moment ago, and uh, he does have a lot of experience when you look up. And again, happy uh, birthday to Chipper Jones. If he listens to this podcast after his birthday, happy belated birthday wishes to Chipper Jones. Um, The report I got was, yeah, his birthday is April the 24th. And we are recording this podcast on April the 24th. So happy 50th birthday uh, for Chipper Jones. Um, I guess they haven't flipped it over to his new age in Wikipedia. They say he's 49 in Wikipedia. He was born in 72. Um, They just haven't changed it over yet to 50. So I believe today is Chipper Jones' 50th birthday on April the 24th. He was born on April the 24th. In 1972, in Deland, Florida, played high school ball in Jacksonville, Florida, Jacksonville Bowls. He played, uh, as I understand it, he played high school football, played high school baseball, and of course, drafted by the Braves. And the Braves were his only professional team and major league team he played for, had a long career with the Braves. Um. You know, what's interesting is uh, you take a look at his uh, career numbers, batting average, 303. It was always, every year, he was always right around 300 batting. He'd have 100 RBIs, maybe 30 home runs on an average, but his career stats, his batting average was 303. at 2,726 hits, 468 home runs, runs batted in 1,623. Those are certainly Hall of Fame numbers. He played uh, shortstop when he first came into the league, then was shifted to third base, you know, a few years after that. Ended his career playing first base. So he played almost every infield position except for second, I believe. So happy birthday to Chipper Jones. Makes you feel old because I remember when he was a rookie, but he's uh, turned 50 now to – Chipper Jones played his high school baseball at Jacksonville Bulls High School here in Jacksonville, Florida, went on to the Atlanta Braves and now recently has gone on to the hall of fame. So happy, happy birthday wishes to Chipper Jones. Taking a look at, uh, Trent Balky, you know, so many people wanted to fire Trent Balky and they wanted to attend, attach the clown song, to Khan, maybe even Trent Balky too, you know, that sending in the clown songs, and then the clowns, but well, you take a look at Balky, and some people warm up to Balky, not everybody likes Balky of course, I told you a little earlier in this podcast that I saw Balky jogging Um, thought I was going to meet him, I said, you know there's a good chance to introduce myself to him, but he was busy jogging, and at the end of the run, he took that left and I mean, he was going fast, he was sprinting at that point, must have said, man, that guy with the Teal Shirt Report podcast, if he saw me, he might have said, that guy's going to ask me some tough questions. If he even did see me or recognize me. Trent Baugh, he's got some good experience. He's been around a long time. I mean, most of these GMs that, you know, become GMs, let's face it, they're, you know, they most of them probably start out as scouts. Some of them have played uh, football, or most of them have. Balky did play some college football. Um, Balky is a uh, Rosendale, Wisconsin native, and uh, he went to a, a college called Bemidji State University, where he played outside linebacker and was an all-Northern Sun Conference and all-Midwest region honoree. Man, that must have been a small college. Uh, <laughs> Bemidji State University and uh, and again, um, Balky was originally from Wisconsin now. As far as Balky's concerned, I'll do an interview with him any day, anytime. and I hope I get an opportunity to meet uh, General Manager Trent Balky. What's going on now with you know potential interviews, and, and certainly we've done interviews with a lot of different people here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we've interviewed National Arena League football players, um, you know, elite indoor football players. Um, you know, we've done interviews with, and Alex Nundry's done interviews with, you know, some some high school and college players, hockey players. Uh, I still want to do an interview with Bob Arablo soon. I hope that will come to fruition. By the way, the Jacksonville Icemen are 2-0 in their first-round playoff series against the Atlanta Gladiators. It's a best-of-seven series, and the Jacksonville Icemen have won the first two. They won the – on April 22nd, they won that overtime game over the Atlanta Gladiators, the Jacksonville Icemen, five, the Atlanta Gladiators, four, in overtime back on April the 22nd at the uh, Veterans the 5 Star Veterans Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville, Florida. The Iceman had a four to one lead. Atlanta came back, tied it up. There was a a goal that had to be reviewed at the real tail end of regulation. I think there was only a second or two to go in the game. Atlanta scored the tying goal that had to be reviewed, and Atlanta did get uh, credit for the goal. Put the game into overtime. The uh, Jacksonville Iceman won the game in overtime. The Icemen have two uh, one-goal victories in the playoffs over the Atlanta Gladiators. All you got to do is win the game, right? Jacksonville Icemen lead the Atlanta Gladiators two games to none in their best-of-seven uh, first-round the East Coast Hockey League playoff series. Back to talking about Bonky. He started out as a scout uh, with the New York Jets. Back in 1998, he was a scout with the Jets from 98 through 2000. He was with the Washington Redskins. They were known as the Redskins back then, 2001 to 2003. Again, Balky was a scout. Uh, he was promoted uh, with the Washington Redskins in 2004 to the college uh, scouting coordinator. He Then he went to San Francisco as a scout from 2005 to 2007 uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. 2008 to 2009 director of player personnel and again he was up to vice president of player personnel with san francisco back in 2010 and then he was promoted to san francisco 49ers general manager and had that position for about five years from 2011 to 2016. in 2020 so Balky, it was, you know, after the his, um, his GM position ended in after, I guess, the 2016 season, and he took some time off, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars hired him in 2020 as a director of player personnel. Dave Codwell, I guess, would have officially made that hire. If Dave Codwell was the GM then. So uh, Balky started out with the Jaguars as the director of player personnel. Later that same year in 2020, he became the interim general manager when Dave Condwell was fired. And that was pretty much due to Balky's general manager experience with the San Francisco 49ers. So Balky became the acting or, if you will, interim GM, the interim general manager in 2020. And then when Urban Meyer was hired as a head coach, and I think that was you know i I'm, I'm sure shotcom was working in some kind of uh unison with um with Trent Balky Trent Balky had a slight relationship with Urban Meyer in regards to um, when he when when let's see um uh, Balky was in San Francisco they were drafting Alex Smith and at that time Urban Meyer was the college coach at Utah, right? So, obviously, Balky being, you know, in personnel with the 49ers, there were conversations between Balky and Urban Meyer way back then concerning Alex Smith, who was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. So, Balky... uh, after Urban Myers hired, he is uh he goes from interim GM to um uh, more than interim or acting GM. He uh becomes the permanent GM for now. I guess nobody's really permanent uh, forever in any of these positions, but he went from interim general manager to um, you know, permanent general manager for now. Um so he's been the general manager now from 2021 to present for about a year, 2021, and now moving into 2022. Uh, by the way, there was a time where Balky, you know, after he left the 49ers in 2016, he did work for the NFL from 2017 to 2019 as a football operations consultant, as an administrator with the NFL from 2015. 17 to 2019 as a football operations consultant. So that's kind of the lowdown on uh, Trent Balky. As we uh, talk more NFL draft, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk more NFL draft. I mean, I feel like the Jags need to draft Evan Neal. We don't know that that's what the Jaguars are gonna do. The Jaguars recently had a press conference where, yeah, I believe, Balky. And, of course, Doug Peterson and Balky were both at the press conference together. So pretty much everything Balky was saying, for the most part, is something um, Doug Peterson already knew about. Um, And there was a mention of the Jaguars had gotten the number one overall pick, assuming they don't trade the pick, because Balky in the past, the past several weeks, has said, well, they're open for business. If they're given a great offer for the number one pick, like, you know, extra draft picks. But most people feel like the Jags will be in a situation where they do not trade the pick. And a lot of people say, hey, if they traded the pick, they'll get extra draft picks, which could be good. But let's just say they don't trade the pick. A lot of people think they really aren't going to get the offer to trade the pick. So. You know, Balky has kind of alluded to the fact that they've got it down to about four different players. That they have about, there's about four different players who they could pick at number one. And I think we're talking a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, maybe Aiden Hutchinson's one of those guys as the edge rusher from uh, Michigan. Um, we've heard uh, the uh, defensive lineman. Uh, from Georgia, as well, Trayvon, Um, and then, of course, Evan Neal, the guy that I'd like to see the the Jaguars uh, pick. Evan Neal, I think, would be the odds-on favorite, at least with me, right? But you never know what they're going to do. It comes down to what Jaguars general manager Trent Baalke the scouting department, and even Doug Peterson kind of collaborate on a collective effort and say, hey, this is the guy we want as the number one pick. If they've already come to that decision, I would say that's possible, but they don't want to play their hand. They don't want to let all the other 31 teams know that, hey, this is the guy we're picking. I mean, they're not in a hurry to tell people who they're picking because they'll be on the clock soon enough on April the 28th. They'll say Jacksonville, you know, I guess uh, Roger Goodell will say Jacksonville's on the clock or however they set it up, Jacksonville's on the clock. And then once, um, you know, once the time limit starts ticking down, Trent balky and the Jags will present the card with the name on the card of who the number one overall pick will be in the uh, April 28th, 2022 draft. The first day is April 28th. That's essentially your first round. Second round, April 29th is going to be your second and third round. And then the fourth through seventh rounds will be on the third day on April the 30th. So that's what it kind of comes down to. I, I like Evan Neal as far as the draft goes with the Jaguars. I, I like them to pick two offensive linemen in the first three rounds Maybe go D-line, second round. I'm looking at O-line, D-line, O-line. Maybe a wide receiver. Keep, keep in mind the Jaguars got two picks right, at least right now in the third round. They got two picks in the third round. So they could go O-line with the first pick in the third round and then maybe go wide receiver or linebacker. So they, I think probably wide receiver could be the fourth selection by the Jaguars, the fifth selection, linebacker, sixth selection, safety and then et cetera and so on. I could see that line. the Jags need another linebacker really badly, I think, but uh, there's not a need to pick a, a linebacker in the first or second round at this juncture. So I think what you'll see is with that fourth overall pick, offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, then with the fourth selection for the Jaguars, it could be a linebacker or a wide receiver. You could flip-flop it. Right now, I've got uh, O-line, D-line, O-line, wide receiver, linebacker, safety. The linebacker pick could come a little bit earlier than I'm saying, but I think the wide receiver and also the linebacker selection could come anywhere between the third and fifth round. I think the Jaguars go really concentrate on this is this is just my opinion, but this is the one opportunity the Jaguars really have to put together really a good offensive line that could possibly become a great offensive line because they got the draft picks to do it. Uh, there are good players, good offensive line players. I think the Jags might draft to center in the third round, and I love Evan Neal because of the fact that he can not only play tackle, but he can play guard. And essentially, he'd probably have to play left guard his first year because you've got Cam Robinson at left tackle. Cam Robinson possibly could only be with the Jaguars one more year. And then um, your left guard, Evan Neal, will slide to left tackle and play left tackle. And then at that point, you can worry about who's going to play guard the next year. Because it's kind of, you know, the NFL draft, the free agency situation is an ever-evolving thing from year to year the rosters change the draft picks are different there's trades um teams have a bad year they pick high in the draft they have a good year they pick low in the draft they might make some trades uh, to accumulate draft picks the jaguars have a lot of draft picks they do i think they've got two picks in the third round about four picks in the sixth round plus the regular picks they're picking high in the first round, the second round. They got a lot of. They, Trent Balky, GM Trent Balky, and uh, the scouting department, uh, the head coach, uh, Doug Peterson, the owner, all the way up to the owner, Sean Kahn, and his son, Tony Kahn. They have a lot of draft capital to build really a good offensive line. My opinion would be let's build the offensive line this year. Get a linebacker somewhere between the third and the fifth round, maybe a wide receiver between the third and the fifth round. And then next year, next year, twenty twenty three draft, you you could pick a wide receiver high and an edge rusher high. But that's not perhaps what they will do this year. Just a thought on my end. So that's some of what I got as far as Jaguars draft talk today. Also wanna to mention um The National Arena League is open for business. They just came out of their first group of games on October the 23rd, Saturday night, October the 23rd. Three really good games. The Carolina Cobras um, now with, um, with our good friend Zach Brown, who was with the Sharks for several years. Now he's with the Carolina Cobras. The Carolina Cobras beat the defending league champion, Albany, New York Empire, the Carolina Cobras, 59. The Albany, New York Empire, 51. Columbus, Georgia Lions, um, a big come from behind win over the Jacksonville Sharks. Columbus, Georgia Lions, 56. The Jacksonville Sharks, 49. Great game in overtime up in Columbus. Uh, the Orlando Predators played the newest team in the National Arena League. The Orlando Predators defeated the San Antonio Gunslingers. Orlando Predators 44, the San Antonio Gunslingers 36. Taking a look at some semi-pro football action, real quick. Um, I went out to that game. I went out to the. Um, it was the Argyle Avengers our gal avengers our good friend on facebook solo who plays defensive back i think he plays wide receiver some he plays quarterback some returns punts he does a lot of things he got a touchdown in this game and um also made some really great plays in all the other areas he performs in you know as a punt returner and defensive back good football player and um we went out there and we watched the Argyle Avengers just really rip up the Jacksonville Spartans 35 to nothing. I think the Spartans were short of players. I think they might have had 15, 16 players out there uh, on the west side of Jacksonville at the home stadium where the Argyle Avengers are playing on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida. Final score in that EAFL semi pro football game the Argyle Avengers 35. Let's see Argyle Avengers 35, the Jacksonville Spartans nothing. Um, let's see, David Martin, our, our good friend who lives out in the panhandle, gave us uh, said probably the biggest APDFL game might have been the Crescent City Kings knocking off the Crescent City Rampage, Crescent City Kings 26, the Crescent City Rampage 9, and we'll be getting some more. You know, APDFL scores in some more, EAFL scores in as well. National Re- Arena League has kicked off uh, their week one, as we just gave you the uh, the National Arena League scoreboard, is the Carolina Cobras, Columbus Georgia Lions, and Orlando Predators all were winners the first week of the National Arena League season. Elton John's concert on um, Saturday, April the 23rd, good friend of mine uh, went to the show um and i didn't get a chance to see elton john but but he did so i had a reliable source there at the show and he said his his one word was amazing and um elton john i believe is 75 years old now put on an amazing show here in jacksonville florida at the Vistar veterans memorial arena on um, saturday night april the 23rd the who is at the uh, the vice star veterans memorial arena tonight on april the 24th that should be a decent show as well The who's been around a long time right roger daltrey still singing with the who pete townsend playing the guitar and i know they've got you know other members with the group too i know that um um Uh, Ant Whistle, the longtime bass guitar player, passed away a few years ago. So obviously he's not with the group, but, you know, he's with them, you know, and, and, you know, heart and soul, no doubt. So been some good shows. We're going to take a look at concerts. Uh, There are some good concerts coming up in uh, Jacksonville. Like the Who tonight, as we record this podcast on April the 24th, we'll take a look at some more concerts. Um, We do check Jacksonville Jaguars football. That's the main thing we check on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We give you our commentary, some of the latest news and happenings with the Jacksonville Jaguars, give you our opinion, of course. And we also check North Florida Entertainment and other area sports as well. Jacksonville Iceman Hockey, the Iceman up two games to none over the Atlanta Gladiators in that first round East Coast Hockey League playoff series. Good luck to the Iceman. Look like they got that series in control so far. We'll continue with more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up, so please stay tuned. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Uh, My producers, by the way, are Alex Nunnery and also uh, JC. We'll be back. Uh, We'll continue with more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Stand by and stay tuned. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. My name is Scott. And I'm your host of the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Great creation tools from Anchor.fm. Anchor by Spotify. Um, you can find Anchor.fm, obviously, at Anchor.fm. Great creation tools uh, to do your podcast. That's how we do ours at Anchor.fm also want to thank Lake Euphala, Hits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. Also, Saucerility is one of our sponsors at BigJReport.com, too. You can find the link to Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. Whether you're looking for, you know, perhaps uh, buying property to build a new home or you're, you'd like to, you know, purchase a new home or get the property, you can... Um, of course, contact Larry Saucer and you know his staff at Saucer Realty and Capital uh, here in North Florida. Whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, Saucer Realty and Capital. Uh, you'll find Saucer Realty and Capital and their link on our website at bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage all the way down to the 24-7 North Florida Weather information for North Park and surrounding areas, you'll find that on our homepage at bigjreport.com. And again, for great internet radio, Lake Hits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. Uh, classic rock songs on Saturday. That's right. On Saturday, they have um, uh, rock Saturdays, classic rock on Saturdays, rock Saturdays. Uh, they have uh, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Uh, a lot of recognizable hits Monday through Friday during the daytime and at late at night they bring out the the deep cuts the album tracks the deep cuts you, and also unique songs late at night like you the hits.com, great internet radio where it's all good don't forget about the mad max mix mad max mix great uh, internet uh, radio music request show Internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. The Mad Max mix. Uh, the Mad Max mix can be accessed by going to MadMaxMix.weebly.com or simply go to BigJReport.com. Uh, scroll the neighbors two page. Also, the outside the box section. You'll find easy links to click and listen to the show on Wednesday night. The Mad Max mix. The Internet Radio, Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. Wednesday night, 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock Central Time. That's 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And Max has a story with almost every song he plays. He plays a lot of classic rock songs, pop hits from, from yesterday as well. I get my request in, whether it's the Atlanta Rhythm Section, Steely Dan, Max plays a lot of other great groups, too. John Lennon, some old John Lennon songs from the late John Lennon. Um, and, and there's much more, much, much more. I know I listen for Atlanta Rhythm Section, Steely Dan, uh, Leonard Skinner, even, and the late John Lennon, maybe a Beatles song. Check him out. The Mad Max makes a lot of really, really good music. Uh, Gary Wright um, and and many other great songs I think he's played Ccr before and uh, max has a lot of great songs he takes your request go to the Mad max mix. Weebly.com, or simply go to bigjreport.com you'll find the links on the neighbors in the neighbors two section of bigjreport.com for the Mad Max mix the internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. So great show it is too. And I want to thank Max for, uh, you know, spreading the love, spreading the word about the bigjreport.com and the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And the cool thing is, we do go on with Max and do interviews with Max. Maybe uh, here lately, we've done interviews with Max maybe once or twice a month on his um, internet radio music request show on Wednesday nights, the Mad Max Mix. Dot so we're talking about indoor football getting cranked up in the National Arena League and where the Carolina Cobras beat the Albany-New York Empire 59-51, Columbus-Georgia Lions 56, Jacksonville Sharks 49 in overtime. On Saturday night, April the 23rd, the Orlando Predators 44, the San Antonio Gunslingers 36, that's the newest team to the National Arena League. The San Antonio Gunslingers, the USFL is playing football now, but I've been following the NAL a lot closer. Also, there's another indoor league called the AFA. And a good friend of ours who listens to the podcast, and I've interviewed him before, uh, Enrique uh, uh, Crumbs. Enrique Crumbs plays for the Magnolia State Spartans. They unfortunately lost their first game of the year on Saturday night, April the 23rd. They lost to the Wichita Force in the AFA Indoor League, the Wichita Force 30, and the Magnolia Spartans 26, the final score. So whether it is semi-pro football, indoor football, arena football, we like to cover that for you. Um, I know that I I did go to a a semi-pro football game the other night that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, which was the uh, Argyle Avengers defeating the Jacksonville Spartans. Argyle Avengers, 35 to Jacksonville Spartans, nothing. And I tell you, Solo, who is a, a good friend of mine in our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group, uh, had a chance to you know talk to uh, Solo, Solo, Don, Data Lynn. Man, he does everything for this team, man. He's like a punt returner play wide receiver a little bit, defensive back. And um, he even went in, played a few plays at quarterback too. Um, Let's see, he did play some quarterback, punt returner as a defensive back Had two interceptions. Um, He had two interceptions at safety. He forced uh, three fumbles, caught a touchdown pass in the end zone. And had really a good game. That is Solo, Don, Dad led. I mean, he's a he's a, he's a treat to watch. So when you go out there, you want to be watching for number seven. But let me tell you, the Argyle Avengers, they got a great roster. A lot of great guys on that team. I enjoy uh, watching Solo out there. But, man, they got a lot of great players on that team. Uh, Jay Jones uh, plays some quarterback for him, too. I think Jay Jones is number 18. And, of course, solo Don DeLynn, he's number seven. So look for number seven when you go out to watch an Argyle Avengers game. The Argyle Avengers, 35, the Jacksonville Spartans, nothing. Uh, Back on April the 23rd, Saturday night, April the 23rd, on the west side of Jacksonville, they play at the SOS Stadium on Wilson Boulevard. Good place to watch football. And I tell you one thing about it when the Argyle Avengers play the Jacksonville Spartans, those are really two class organizations in semi pro football. I will, I will go out on a limb, go out on a limb and say that. So you're listening, you are listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm going to take a look at some uh, concert information for you. And also, you know, going back to the Jaguars and, um, I also want to mention that uh, the Elton John Show, which I did not get a chance to go to, but I know someone that did. And my source, my uh, source who went to the Elton John Show, who I know pretty well, he um, he, he had one word to describe the Elton John Show. And again, Elton John, 75 years old. I asked him about the show. How was it? He said, amazing in, in a positive way. Elton John, 75 years of age. Got a lot of songs, and this is going to be you know, basically it for Elton. His Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, Farewell Tour. Final uh, Jacksonville, Florida concert on April the 23rd. The Who's in Jacksonville tonight on April the 24th. So some good shows. Uh, we do check concerts uh, in the area, and we'll check the uh, – we can go ahead and do that now, actually, check some of the concert listings. Um Let's check some of the other concert listings coming up, and then we'll get back to. Uh, we'll actually get back to um, some more stuff about the Jaguars and the draft coming up. The first round of the draft is going to be, you know, when they talk about they talk about these reality shows. The NFL draft is probably the best reality show out there. We don't know which. We don't know what the team who the teams are going to pick. And uh, there's some players that I have uh, found recently that I think could be surprises out there. We're going to talk about some of those players like Matt Corral, uh, who's going to be picked by somebody most likely in the first round as a quarterback, the old Ole Miss quarterback, who Ole Miss won a lot of games last year in 2021. And I think uh, Matt Corral has the heart of a lion. He's not the biggest guy at 205 pounds. But we'll see how he does. I mean, we'll see how uh, Matt Corral does at the next level. There's been a lot of rumors that he could be drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, the Pittsburgh Steelers, just to take one team to like him in the first round. Maybe they maybe somebody might trade up for Matt Corral. But I've I heard him picked as early as the fourth pick by Atlanta, or maybe the eighth pick, or maybe later in the first round. I I don't see him falling out of the first round, but you know crazier things have happened. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at some uh, concerts. As you know, Elton John was was here, and I did have a witness that went to the show that said, "Hey, the show was amazing," and I have no doubt it was. Elton John has um, some incredible songs, and I'm sure Mad Max might play an Elton John song or two on his Mad Max mix show on his internet radio Wednesday night music request show. But taking a look at some of the shows, um, been a lot of good concerts in Jacksonville over the years. And some of the recent shows um, that are going on, I know that, um, you know, what's really cool is um, some of the shows that are scheduled. Steely Dan was postponed and now it's been rescheduled for, July 20th of 2022 at the Times Union Performing Arts Moran Center here in Jacksonville, Florida, Steely Dan on July the 20th this summer, July 20th of 2022, at 8 o'clock p.m. at the same location it was previously scheduled to be at last October in 2021. The Steely Dan show has been rescheduled for July the 20th of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the same location at the Times Union performing arts center here in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, some other shows. Uh, Elton John was last night back on Saturday night, April the 23rd, you know, depending on when you listen to this particular podcast, the show was last night as I record the show on April the 24th. Again, Elton John and the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour here in 2022 was held in Jacksonville back on Saturday, April the 23rd of 2022. Was an eight o'clock start at the Vistar Veterans uh, Memorial Arena uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, and the um, the Jacksonville Iceman played the night earlier on April twenty second and disposed of the Atlanta Gladiators. The Jacksonville Iceman five, the Atlanta Gladiators four in overtime. Great East Coast Hockey League playoff action. Uh, it's a best of seven first round. Best-of-seven first-round East Coast Hockey League first-round playoff series. I should say it's a first-round playoff series. There's other teams in the playoffs as well. A lot of good East Coast Hockey League teams. But the Jacksonville Icemen have made the playoffs in their fifth year as an organization being here in Jacksonville. They won the first two games. Won the first game, I believe the first game, Earlier in the week was the Iceman 3, the Gladiators 2. This game was won in overtime, 5-4, uh, to four, Jacksonville Iceman 5, the Atlanta Gladiators 4, a final in overtime on April the 22nd. And then the next night at the same arena, you got Elton John. So some great entertainment, great North Florida entertainment uh, here in the area. Elton John, again, as I, as I told you, I had a – I had a guy that I know pretty well. He was at the show, said it was amazing. So from that that friend of mine, there's no doubt that he gave it a thumbs up. So Elton John had a good show uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Man, you know, I probably like, and I, I told this friend of mine, I probably like as many as 80 or 90% of Elton John's songs. Man, he has great, great songs. And uh, glad he had a good show here in Jacksonville. The Who in concert in Jacksonville, Florida on Sunday evening, April the 24th at 7.30 p.m. at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville IceMen will play Game 3 here in Jacksonville, Game 4 in Jacksonville. Game 5, if necessary, will be up in Atlanta, and Game 6, if necessary, will be in Atlanta. And I understand Game 7, if necessary, I believe will also be in Atlanta. I believe that's the way the... The first round East Coast Hockey League playoff series is set up. The first four games in Jacksonville due to the fact that up in Atlanta or up near Atlanta, they play in a suburb, I think right outside of Atlanta. Uh, Holiday on Ice is going on up in uh, the north part of uh, Georgia, up near the Atlanta area. I think it's in one of the counties right, right outside of Atlanta is where the Atlanta Gladiators play. We'll have to look up that information when we get a chance as well. Uh, some other shows coming up. Oh, we do want to mention again the Mad Max Mix Internet uh, Radio Show. The Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time and 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. And it can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. But I'm looking at the link in our concert information in the Neighbors 2 area. So you can find a link in the Neighbors 2 section. Also in the Outside the Box section where we write and we've written, you know, a small article about Mad Max and the Mad Max mix. Also another concert, um, also Greta Van Fleet uh, coming to Jacksonville, Florida in October. On October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. Tickets on sale now for Greta Van Pleet while they last showtime and date on Friday night, October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to talk uh, more about Jacksonville Jaguars football, the draft coming up. I mentioned that um, back to indoor football in the AFA, the uh, Wichita Force 30, the Magnolia State Spartans 26. Good friend of ours, Enrique uh, uh, Crumbs, plays for the Magnolia State Spartans. So he told me, he said, hey, Scott, we were on the losing end this time. And, um, but we like to report a lot, especially a lot of our friends that listen to podcasts that are actually playing for some of these indoor football teams or arena football teams. I know Zach Brown, who we've interviewed in past episodes, is now playing for the um, Carolina Cobras after he was a longtime player with the Jacksonville Sharks. Now he has signed with the Carolina Cobras, and they won their first game uh, of the season, the Carolina Cobras 59. The Albany-New York Empire, 51. Also the Columbus-Georgia Lions, 56. The Jacksonville Sharks, 49. A final in overtime back on Saturday, April the 23rd. And the Orlando Predators, 44. The San Antonio Gunslingers, 36. A final score. APDFL, Battle of Crescent City, which is basically the New Orleans area. Crescent City, Kings, 26. The Crescent City Rampage nine. That score was given to us uh, by David Martin, who's been a longtime uh, semi-pro football player as well. Played many years with the Panhandle Crusaders, and the Crusaders are not playing uh, this year in the APDFL. Um, I understand that um, that David was with the, I believe, the Mobile Alabama Miners for a brief time, but now he's he's not playing at the present time so also going to take a look to southern steam they're not playing in jacksonville this year they're actually their home games will be up in macon georgia so um, i thought we'd take a look i know i've got a schedule for the southern steam they're going to play their home games up in macon i do know that our, our good friend george bowen will be playing for the southern steam uh mr kent the center uh, we'll be playing for the uh, Southern STEAM as well. They just call themselves the Southern STEAM. They played the last couple of years, their home games in Jacksonville. Due to the fact that the um, and Sports Complex was bought by the Jacksonville Iceman, so there's been some changes there. They don't have um, the accessibility for indoor football there. It's more hockey rinks. And Whatever else they're they're doing at the ice and sports complex, I'm going to have to get by there because I know the Jacksonville Icemen are doing some exciting things there. The Southern Steam will be fine. They're playing uh, uh, they're playing up in Macon, and uh, I'm going to check to see. I know there's a schedule. Here's the schedule. Let me pull up the Southern Steam schedule. They're coached by Bobby Damorell, long their longtime coach and, and owner of the team. Um. They had a game scheduled, let's see, let's see, they were scouting, they were scouting a team in the Atlanta Furious, I believe they were scouting that game. They got a game coming up May 7th versus the Peach State Cats, and I believe the April 9th game was actually, I believe it was postponed, and that may be made up later, but the actual first game as I understand it, for the Southern Steam, will be on May the 7th uh, versus the Peach State Cats. And that's a home game. That's going to be up in Macon. Uh, the Southern Steam will be playing. Uh, their home games will be at on uh, Starcadia Circle on a road called Starcadia Circle up in Macon, Georgia. And uh, their home games will be played at 6 o'clock p.m. in the evening. And that'll be at, uh, I believe that's, what is that? 170. 170 Starcadia Circle up in Macon, Georgia. Their next game will be May 7th versus the Peach State Cats. You know, I, I believe Lavelle Blue is playing for them. One of my favorite indoor players. He plays outdoor, too. So he'll uh, join the Southern Steam, I'm assuming, after his outdoor season ends. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, uh, big, big. Uh, Big George Bowen has been playing with the Dunedin Pirates in semi-pro football. Um, and that's, of course, in the FFA League. And uh, George Bowen plans to join the Southern Steam, I believe, their next uh, at their next game, May 7th, as the Southern Steam will host the Peach State Cats on May the 7th. So good luck to the Southern Steam. They're playing their, their 2022 schedule. Their home games will be playing up in Macon. They also have a couple of road trips, too. They play at the Peach State Cats on uh, June 11th. May 28th, they play at the Georgia, the Georgia lineup Lions. So the Southern Steam back in action. They're not playing their home games in Jacksonville this year. They are playing their home games up in Macon, Georgia. We got uh, we got more coming up. Uh, We gave you some of the concerts uh, uh, here for North Florida and surrounding areas. We'll talk more about the Jaguars coming up. By the way, if you'd like to hear some of Alex Nunry's reports, go back to episode. This is episode show number 19 you're listening to right now. But you can go back to episode number 18 and catch some of Alex Nunry's very latest um, uh, reports. Alex does reports and interviews here with us on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. He's also our BigJReport.com sports reporter, and he does interviews uh, during a a lot of our uh, Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast uh, that we do here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We got more coming up. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to talk more about the Jaguars and the NFL draft coming up. First round of B, and it's coming right up this week on April the 28th second day will be April 29th, and the final day of the draft will be on April the 30th. We'll talk more about the Jacksonville Jaguars coming right up, so please stay tuned. We're brought to you by Saucer Realty. For your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, commercial, real estate, go to our website, bigjreport.com, scroll the homepage all the way down to our 24-7 North Florida weather information and right there in the middle of the weather you'll find the link for saucerility that's saucerility for your real estate needs in north part and surrounding areas i know larry saucer and his staff they also they do a little bit of real estate south of uh, this area too because um, i know larry sanctioned to do real estate in Gainesville, jacksonville lake city live oak and a lot of areas in between and even a little bit Uh, to the south as well we're going to talk more about your uh, Jacksonville Jaguars coming up so please stay tuned Uh, you are listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast we'll be right back Hey you're tuned into the Teal Shirt report podcast brought to you by anchor.fm simplest and easiest way to make a podcast that's the simplest and easiest way to make a podcast anchor.fm great creation tools one of things saucer one of things saucer real estate and capital uh, saucer realty and capital. You know, for being there as a sponsor with us at bigjreport.com, you can follow us at bigjreport.com. I want to thank uh, all of our sponsors Saw Serility, um, Saw Serility and Capital uh, for your real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. That's Saw Serility. Also, want to thank Lake Ufala, hits.com. great internet radio where it's all good, and the Mad Max Mix, the uh, Internet radio Wednesday night music request show on Wednesday nights from 6 until 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock Eastern Time. So, again, a very special thank you to our sponsors Anchor.fm, Salsa and Capital, com, where it's all good, and of course, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com as well. So we're going to talk some uh, Jaguars. also want to mention the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp have opened uh, their AAA baseball schedule. They started off really slow with like a two and five record early in the season. Then they reeled off seven wins in a row. So the Jacksonville Iceman play, uh, playing good hockey, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp playing good baseball. There's a lot going on in Jacksonville and North Florida. So, Kind of, kind of hard to keep up with all of it, but we somehow try to do it here at the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. Um, the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp opened the season with a long series against the Worcester Red Sox, where they actually lost like five or six games. And they played at the Durham Bulls. They won some games against Durham, lost a couple of games, and then they went on this. Um, Long, like what seven game winning streaks. They won three straight against Durham. And let's see, they won like four straight games against Gwinnett. And then they finally lost to Gwinnett on uh, Saturday, April the 23rd, by the score of 10 to eight. But they beat Gwinnett 3 to 2, 8 to 2, 9 to 1, and 2 to nothing earlier in the week. So when you count up the wins, I believe, uh, let's see, the Jumbo Shrimp are about 9 and 8 on the season. I'm counting the wins up right now as I'm looking over the uh, schedule. They got nine wins, and let's see. They got about uh, eight losses. They're nine and eight on the season. So they started off really, really slowly, really kind of slowly and badly, and then all of a sudden they reeled off uh, seven straight wins from from April the 15th. I should say that's April the 15th through April the 22nd. Seven straight wins, and they finally lost to the Gwinnett Stripers, ten to eight, on Saturday, April the twenty third. So, at the present time, as we record this podcast, the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp now nine and eight. They're scheduled to play Gwinnett late this afternoon uh, as well. That's a that's a home game too. That's actually a home game at the uh, at the ballpark at the ballpark here in Jacksonville. After the Jumbo Shrimp play one more game against Gwinnett, they'll hit the road this upcoming week, and they'll play a long – and the series are long in AAA baseball now, probably due to travel, you know, to help the teams as far as their traveling expenses. They're playing six-game series, and they did that, I believe, last year too, and they're doing it again this year. So after the last game with Gwinnett at home – The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp will hit the road. Man, they got a long road trip coming up this next time. They play six games up at Charlotte against the Charlotte Knights, and then they play the Memphis Redbirds. um, Six straight games on the road. The uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp will return against the Nashville Sounds on May the 10th uh, here at the ballpark. Uh, in uh, Jacksonville. So, again, the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp after a long 12-game road trip that takes them to Charlotte and Memphis, Tennessee. They'll return to uh, Jacksonville on May the 10th to open up a, uh, a lengthy series with the Nashville Sounds. So, A AAA baseball, at the present time, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, nine and eight on the season. And uh, I tell you, their season has been a season of highs and lows, starting off very, very slow. I think they they only won like two of their first seven games, then they went on a seven-game winning streak. Um, You know, they did lose a game to Gwinnett on uh, Saturday, April the 23rd, but at latest count, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are now nine and eight on the season. Also, want to mention this concerning Arch Manning. I think I mentioned Arch Manning earlier in the podcast, but it's it's worth mentioning again. We found out today, and we keep getting updates on Arch Manning, who's with the class of 2023. He won't officially, you know, I'm assuming he won't officially sign with a team till next year because I think he's still got another year of high school uh, football to play before he goes into college. I believe he's a junior in high school, soon to be a senior. But Arch Manning, Archie Manning's grandson, he's the nephew of Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, who both played in the NFL, and he's the son of Cooper Manning. And uh, so Arch Manning is now leaning toward Texas, I'm told. That's his number one choice at the present time. That could change again. But it looks like Arch Manning is leaning toward Texas with Georgia and Alabama running a, a probably a close second and third. But right now it looks like Texas is the leading candidate for one Arch Manning, quarterback who he plays quarterback high school football in New Orleans, very, very good quarterback, puts up the numbers. And again, he's coming from one heck of a lineage. Uh, Archie Manning's grandson, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning's nephew. And Cooper Manning's son. So he's uh he's he's related to uh amazingly enough, he's related to three, related to three former NFL quarterbacks. And again, Archie Manning played at Ole Miss. Ole Miss seems to be finally out of the loop for Arch Manning, but Archie Manning um, Archie Manning Sr., Archie Archie Manning, uh, Arch Manning's grandfather played uh, for Ole Miss. Peyton Manning, of course, played for Tennessee, and you did have Eli Manning who, who did play at Ole Miss uh, as Dad's alma mater. So the book of Manning continues. I, I kind of softened on the Mannings when I when I saw the Book of Manning, that uh, that really good documentary, uh, that really good documentary movie I saw about the Manning family. Probably saw that documentary uh, about two or three years ago. Enjoyed that immensely, you know. Actually, so we're gonna take a look at uh, some stuff on the Jaguars real quickly before we go. We've been talking about the draft, the NFL draft comes up you know April 28th, April 29th, April 30th, first round on April 28th, second and third round on April the 29th on that uh, Friday and on Saturday April the 30th rounds 4 through 7 and then all the teams are going to they're going to sign undrafted free agents after the 7 rounds, right? I kind of like as and the, and the Jaguars are not going to draft a quarterback, but I kind of like uh, the quarterback out of Ole Miss a little bit. He's only two hundred and five pounds. Uh, he was originally going to go to Florida, then ended up going to Ole Miss and played for uh, a couple of head coaches uh, for the last couple of years. Played for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and I tell you, Ole Miss won a lot. They won double digit. They won double digit football games with Matt Corral. I think he could be a I think you know it's the quarterback class is supposed to be not that good on the college players coming coming out to be drafted by NFL teams. You've got the pitt quarterback, the Liberty quarterback, and then this guy could be the surprise guy the guy the kid out of old miss Matt Corral, I've heard he could go fourth overall, eighth overall, or maybe much later in the first round. The NFL draft man, it's great reality TV. It really is, and we're looking forward to it. It's starting up this week on April the 28th. Good luck to the Jaguars! Right now, they got the number one pick overall. So everybody has an opinion on the draft. You got mock drafts from experts. You got mock drafts from just fans. Um, Everybody has an opinion. Ultimately, it's for the Jags front office to decide. The general manager Trent Baalke, the scouts, and Collabor- collaborating and collectively with coach Doug Peterson as well. Um they will call the shots on draft night. Day 1 and day 2 I believe are really critical days for the Jaguars. Day 3 is important too. Um you know I was on Twitter and I, I, there was a gentleman that actually follows me on Twitter that did a mock draft. I like some of his mock draft but didn't agree with all of it. And you're really not going to agree with everybody, and ultimately, the experts don't agree with the amateurs. Sometimes the um, the amateurs don't agree with the <laughs> with the experts. And there was a I'll tell you what's really funny. There was a Facebook post by Larry Cole, the um, the Jimmy Buffett of Facebook, if you will, the governor of a popcap. And I really like this Facebook post that uh, Larry posted. He's from Apopka. He's on our shout-out list along with many, many other people, including Enrique uh, Crumbs, who's playing with the Magnolia playing with the Magnolia State Spartans now in the AFA in indoor football. A lot of good football going on out there. But I want to tell you that Larry Cole posted this on Facebook, and I shared it with our group. Um here's here's the post from Larry Cole. Larry Cole said he thought this was a great sign. This sign should be posted throughout the city of Gainesville and many points beyond. It says help wanted every athletic team should have a man who plays every position, never makes an error, and knows just what the opposition is planning. But so far there's been no way to get him to put down his popcorn and Coke to come out of the stands. So, so that's Larry Cole's bit of humor talking about, you know, the fans know a good bit, right? Us experts that are in the media that do the podcast, some that do, you know, sports uh, talk shows, Everybody is kind of their own expert. Everybody's got an opinion on this NFL draft, but we're going to know April twenty eighth. Do the Jaguars make that selection? In the press conference, it was kind of kind of ascertained by Trent Baalke and even I think uh, collectively agreed upon with Coach Doug Peterson is they've got the pick, the number one pick overall. They got it down to four different players. They didn't say who they were. I'm assuming one's Evan Neal. One may be Aiden Hutchinson, and then there's another offensive lineman, the big uh, kid out of North Carolina State. Um, Maybe uh, maybe the defensive lineman out of Georgia. What's his name? Uh, uh, Trayvon, I believe. So there's about four different guys the Jaguars like, who they take at number one. Well, the great thing about having the number one pick is – You don't have to wait on another guy to pick a player because if you wait on another guy to pick a player, you have no idea who they're going to pick. So the Jaguars do have the first pick overall. And that is really, I mean, that is really a cool thing at uh, this juncture. I've been on Twitter a good bit, been in the bigjreport.com Facebook group. And, you know, taking a look at some mock drafts out there, what teams will do. I mean, there's, there's, There's sure to be some trades. Um, How many quarterbacks go in the first round? Does the Liberty quarterback go in the first round? A lot of people think the Liberty quarterback may go in the first round, the Pitt quarterback, and uh, the Ole Miss quarterback, Matt Corral, who we spoke to, who we like. Uh, There's also another guy I found out about this weekend. I I, I seem to find – I actually find a different guy. Almost all the time that I say, man, this guy could be this guy could be really really good. And the only thing with him is, you know, he's from a mid major. So I'm going to tell you, I I did find um, I I got some some advice uh, from someone that said this guy could be really really good. No telling where he'll be drafted. I don't think he's going to be drafted in the first round, obviously, unless somebody really really likes him. I mean, these teams can draft players wherever they want. I mean. Uh, one time, the, the Jaguars drafted R.J. Soward, who turned out to be maybe one of the worst draft picks the Jaguars ever made, besides a couple of others. Justin Blackman maybe was one, because you didn't get much out of Justin, even though the talent was there. You didn't get hardly any longevity out of Justin Blackman, because he kept getting suspended. And he's not going to play in the NFL anymore. Everybody's come to that realization after a few years, right? So who's the big bust? Uh, it's it's probably not Blaine Gabbard either because Blaine Gabbard has stayed in the league for a while. Justin Blackman's not playing anymore. RJ Soward's not playing anymore. So it probably comes down to between uh, uh, those two wide receivers, RJ Soward uh, or uh, Justin Blackman. There's a couple of defensive players that were mentioned as being the biggest bust. In Jaguars history. I won't go, I won't go down the entire list. We we've done that in the big J report.com, uh, Facebook group. I will say though, there's some surprise guys out there. There's a player out of a smaller college. It's a, it's a mid major and, uh, it's maybe even a little smaller than a mid major when you think about it. So, um, It's a kid out of, uh, he's actually out of Western Kentucky, an edge rusher. You know, we all know about Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan that will probably be drafted at least somewhere in the first four picks or so, right? If the Jaguars don't pick him, the next team will, or the next team after that, or the next team after that. Aiden Hutchinson, the pass rusher out of Michigan, most likely goes somewhere between number one and number four in the draft. I think we can probably all agree with that. But sometimes you find these gems, these, you know, these uh, special gems that you can get maybe in the second round, the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round, etc. Like Tom Brady. What was Tom Brady with the Patriots? He was, a, I believe, a six-round pick, right? Gardner Minshew was a six-round pick. Certainly Gardner Minshew's not been the success that Tom Brady's been, but he was a good six-round pick. And the jag, he—I mean—he's put up some decent numbers uh, with the Jaguars. His uh, first year in Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew won a game at Denver, come from behind win. He won the final game that was ever played at the Oakland Coliseum when the Jaguars beat Oakland. That was the final game uh, in Oakland before the Raiders uh, moved to Las Vegas. But I, I, I kept hearing about this uh, edge rusher named D'Angelo Malone. Played in the Senior Bowl. He also played at Western Kentucky, an edge rusher named D'Angelo Malone. I mean, I'm looking at his picture. Um, He looks like he can be an edge rusher, maybe more of a linebacker. I, I think he's more of a linebacker than a defensive end. But in any event, he's an edge rusher, right? I'm not looking up his measurables right now, but I'm going to tell you what I have heard. The reason why people like this kid, I hear a lot of good things about Western Kentucky edge rusher, D'Angelo Malone. He's done a pre-visit, I think, with the Tennessee Titans and maybe a couple other teams too. So, you know, there's a lot of these teams out there that they're you know, they're trying to find these gems because not everybody drafts number one overall like the Jaguars are, are doing the last couple of years. A lot of these teams like Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Titans, the Titans have drafted a lot of good offensive alignment. They built a good offensive lineman. Uh, they built a good offensive line, I should say, over the years. And. You can win with a good offensive line, and that's what I, I hope the Jaguars are trying to do with this particular draft after signing Brandon Sheriff from the Washington Commanders or Washington football team, if you will. And now the Jaguars probably need to draft a couple of other pieces for their offensive line, at least, you know, I'm going to say at least two offensive linemen, a defensive lineman, and the beat goes on. But again, as I mentioned, I hear a lot of good things about this guy. I don't think he I don't think he ends up in Jacksonville because I don't think the Jaguars are going to pick an edge rusher at about the time he goes. Uh, the Jaguars may not pick an edge rusher. They did pick one, you know, out of out of UAB last year. People forget. The Jaguars drafted an edge rusher in the fourth round last year. But I do hear a lot of good things about this guy, edge rusher D'Angelo Malone um out of uh, he's a uh, mid-major college player and heck i think western kentucky might not even be considered a a mid-major um if they they are at best a mid-major western kentucky but i again i hear a lot of good things about this guy edge rusher d'angelo malone um he's uh, playing at a smaller college a mid-major college if you will Uh, but he makes a lot of plays. This is what I'm hearing about uh, D'Angelo Malone. He makes a lot of plays, especially behind the line of scrimmage, and he reads opposing offenses really well. That's hard to teach. He has a knack for that. He's a guy who could be a big surprise for a team and for the fans, and I will say this. Don't I don't think the Jags, I don't think the Jaguars are going to be able to get him, but if he if he would end up being a Jaguar on the Jaguars roster, I wouldn't mind. This guy might have some pretty good upside, uh, upside. The Jags will concentrate what I've been saying all along and what a lot of people believe, the Jags will concentrate on the offensive line and maybe on the interior of the defensive line with some of their early picks in the draft, I believe. This guy, D'Angelo Malone, who I'm kind of featuring as we talk about the draft here, this guy may be more of a linebacker type that is an edge rusher also. This guy could be a big and good surprise in the draft for some teams. I'm just kind of putting that out there. Remember that name, edge rusher D'Angelo Malone. I have no idea what round he'll go in. Could be late in the first round, but more likely he's going to be in the mid rounds like third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, the mid or later rounds in most cases. So he could be one of those gems kind of flying under the radar. And there's a couple of other guys that I'm, I'm not going to mention that I've, I've also heard about too. So the draft is going to be interesting. The first round will be on April the 28th of this upcoming week. Let's hope the Jags get it right. Build the offensive line. Build the interior of the defensive line. Maybe when they do finally I don't think they draft a wide receiver on the first day. Maybe maybe in the, on, late on the second day, they, they draft a wide receiver somewhere between with that late third round pick. Maybe between the third round and fifth round, the Jags are going to need a linebacker too. Um, they'll probably pick a linebacker. After they get their two offensive alignment, I think they're going to go O-line, D-line, O-line, wide receiver, then probably linebacker and safety. The linebacker could come in the draft a little bit earlier, depending on what other teams do, you know, basically depending on how the draft goes. So that's kind of me summing up the draft. Hey, we're going to be back. Heck, we're going to be back in a few hours with more on the draft. You know, the draft is is going to be here. It, it, it's here this week, April 28th, 20, 28, April 29th, April and April the 30th. Good luck to the Jaguars. they got a mountain of picks. They're picking early in the first round, <laughs> early in the second round. Are, will there be any trades? Will the Jaguars trade out of that number one pick and get more picks? I'm tending to think they won't. Some other teams may do some trading, but I don't think the Jaguars will trade that first pick overall. I could see the Jaguars maybe trading one of their third-round picks to move up higher in the draft for maybe their second-round pick or jumping back into the first round. Keep in mind, the Jaguars have uh, two picks in the third round. They also got, like, four picks in the sixth round. And then they got picks in between that, too. So they got a lot of draft picks for general manager, uh, Trent Baalke, it, to add to the roster, he's going to get the help from his scouts. He's going to have Doug Peterson, Coach Doug Peterson, in his ear. And Jags owner Shad Khan and his son Tony Khan are going to kind of be sanctioning the event, keeping an eye on things. So That's kind of how I see it. The NFL draft, the first round, April the 28th, the Jaguars will be the first team on the clock. Is the way it looks now, unless they trade the pick. That's gonna do it for the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. This time around, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. That's the simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with Anchor.fm great, I mean, really great creation tools to make a podcast with. We also want to thank Saw Cerility and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida, whether it's home, residential, commercial, or business real estate, that's Saw saucerility and capital and again keep in mind that uh you can go to our website at bigjreport.com and you can find a link on the home page in our 24 7 north florida weather information you'll find the link for saucerility about halfway through our weather our weather information also we do want to thank uh, hits.com, great internet radio where it's all good in the Mad Max Mix, Mad Max, Max Mix Want to thank Mad Max. He's also our Georgia Bulldog football insider, and he does a request show, internet radio music request show on Wednesday nights, six to eight central time, seven to nine uh, Eastern time for the Mad Max Mix That's going to do it for our podcast today, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This has been episode show number nineteen. Probably the biggest 19, unless somebody writes to me and tells me somebody bigger, Johnny Unitas probably was the the uh, most famous uh, number 19 of them all. And by the way, General Manager Trent Balky, you know, we uh, want to introduce ourselves to you at some point in time. I know you were out jogging the other day. We saw you, but didn't get a chance to introduce ourselves to you. I will say to General Manager Trent Baunke, you can write me anytime at our email address, Scott, at BigJayReport.com. That's better than a phone call, okay? You put it in there and write to me, say hello, give me a contact number or what have you, and this is for anyone. If you agree with what I have to say, if you disagree, you need to write us for any reason, write to, write to our email. My name is Scott, your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Our producers are JC and also Alex Nunry. Alex Nunry, our BigJReport.com sports reporter. JC, our podcast producer and freelance writer. And you can write to us at BigJReport.com. Whether it's questions about BigJReport.com or the Teal Shirt Report podcast, please write to us. I'll give you the email address again. It's Scott at BigJReport.com scott at bigjreport.com that's the email address you can also reach us uh, through the website i believe there's a little um you can actually say hello through the website as well at bigjreport.com that's bigjreport.com that's going to do it for this edition episode show number 19 episode show number 19 season number three of the teal shirt report podcast thank you for listening Hey, we'll be back in a few hours or a few minutes, depending on when you tune in next time for the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. And until next time, you have a great day and a great week. And uh, keep listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Check us out at BigJReport.com, our website, or our BigJReport.com Facebook group as well. My name's Scott. I'm your host for the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. That's going to do it this time around. We'll talk to you next time. For now, I'm out. Have a great day.